0: Hi, Miller. Welcome to the Bull Rush. Tonight I'm with Dynasty Frank. What up, homie? And we have the owner and founder of Own the Play, the new up-and-coming DFS site, Matthew Chatlin online here. How you doing, Matthew?
1: I'm doing really well, and thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Great, oh, man, very- it's our pleasure. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, we're very excited. It's, it seems like very good timing with everything that's going on with uh the DFS environment and seems kind of hostile, but we're all just we're really enjoying what's going on here. Uh, so so give us some background about yourself, Matthew.
1: Sure. Um, you know, i like to make the joke that if the world didn't or the U.S. government didn't outlaw online poker, uh, on the play never would have existed. Um, but I, I actually played six million hands of poker before uh, being the founder of this company. Wow. Um, when 2011 hit and the US government seized all the poker sites, I uh, left the US for a few years and came back at the end of 2013 and really became familiar with um, you know, some of the competitors in the space and uh, thought to myself, at least originally, that I could hand draw something far better. Um, so that led to me kind of designing what I thought would be a newer site, uh, then in 2014, I uh, pitched Inkwell. Inkwell's uh, a VC firm here in Michigan. I'm in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the founding member of Inkwell is uh, Thomas Sorda, who was the CEO of Chrysler, mm-hmm. and uh, Roger Pensky uh, is a limited partner who was and is uh, really the most successful athlete-turned businessman ever. So um, love the investment team that we've had and. Um, you know, kind of my background of playing six million hands of poker and traveling the world um, playing poker is a lot of the reason why they invested in kind of um, the vision to uh, create On the Play.
2: Wow. So you have some heavy hitters behind On the Play. I mean. Um.
1: Yeah. I. I, <laughs> I, I, I think so. Um. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that that's really important. My, that's, yeah,
0: it's very important, especially to uh, to people who may not know of your site. You know, uh, they have to trust you and they have to feel pretty comfortable putting their money in your accounts uh, to to play with. You know, and so to hear that you have backing like that, that does uh, that should settle some nerves.
2: Right, it's not a two-bit organization run out of like somebody's garage. You know, <laughs> like you have legit people uh, that are invested and uh, in a part of own the place. So that's. That that's always great, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and like many great ideas, you know, it started in a garage, and,
1: and, <laughs> and it, you great. know, move on, move on to where we are now. Um, and and I'd like to just you know touch on some of the other members of my team. Uh, you know, when I shower them with compliments. Um, <laughs> we have Mark Kerberholz. He he was uh, the number one Magic the Gathering card player in the world at one point. Um, he also managed uh, live markets for Pinnacle, uh, he live. He managed the American facing markets for Pinnacle, so hmm. regularly dealing with hundred thousand dollar bets, um, as well as being, as I said, you know, the number one Magic the Gathering player in the world. Um, our dev team, if you stack them all up together, uh, maybe a hundred years of experience. Uh, our lead designer won mo- multiple architectural awards at uh, the University of Michigan. Um, our chief marketing officer founded Pregame.com. So okay. I, I, I just like to say that you know, it isn't me and, and my background. It's really um, a collective effort from all of us that uh, helped make OMA Play the uh, product that it is today and the product that it's going to be over the next handful of years.
0: Yeah, the foundation sounds very good on it. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the key is to have good members on your team there.
1: I love bragging about us,
0: Ty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's all uh, basically percolated into this this site that uh, now people are finding out about. I just found out about it about a month ago, maybe three weeks, and um, and I've I've run with it. You had a promo that got me into it, which was uh, deposit one dollar and you get twenty five dollars in tournament credits. And that's very much unlike most of the other sites. And I know Frank agrees. I was just about to say, I found out about On The Play from Ty Miller because I
2: was raging on Twitter that I got duped by another DFS site where we'll match up to 200% of your deposit. So me, the idiot, believes them. deposited like $20, and I'm like, all right, where's my 200%? No, it's pending. What is this? What is this pending stuff? And then Ty told me, well, dude, uh, with On the Play, you get your twenty-five dollars right up front, right as soon as you put in that one dollar, and that was fantastic. I, I mean,
0: oh man, I hate that other site.
2: <laughs> 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 I hate it. Well, I've been,
0: you know, I've been pushing On the Play because of that. You know, it seems very, very upfront. I uh, even, t- even tweeted out that uh, the smaller sites are just begging for attention. And I don't want to make you sound like you guys are beggars, but it's, you know, like there's there's two main sites, and then you have several smaller sites, and Own the Play is just rising above all the rest Absolutely. of them right now. I see it's it everywhere, coming right on, right my everywhere so, well, thanks, on my
2: timeline now. Everywhere on my timeline, I see so on the Play. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and I would say to the audience and Frank, I haven't, I didn't get a chance to uh, pull your numbers, but uh, Ty wins. And that's, that's an important thing to get out to the audience, um, because I, I would say that one of the theses that I had, um, at least it was true, I would say about a year ago, and, and definitely isn't as true today, is that no one has been proven yet to be an expert. Um, definitely over this last year, we've, we've seen a lot of consistent winners and a lot of different uh, levels of daily fantasy, um, and, and Ty wins. So I definitely want to get that across to the audience. Um, as well as uh, the the hangover that existed with this uh, kind of deposit nonsense. Mm-hmm. That's really something that came from poker, where we where companies would give you some kind of matching bonus that drips out at uh, what I would consider a very slow rate. Um, slow rate, fast rate. I hate the concept of it. So it is something that um, will never exist here at On The Play. Uh, the bonus will will change as we. Uh, you know, get larger as a company. Uh, I can't forever give a deposit a dollar and get 25, but um, we will have, you know, deposit 25 and get 25, because um, I hate the drip. That won't exist. But a matching bonus that you instantly get and could, could put in play. And I mean, if you win and don't like playing it on the play, then you can leave. Uh, so uh, go ahead and take your winnings and head home, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but, but – uh, yeah, that's kind of just how I feel about the drip. So you know, if you're playing it on the play, you'll never have to deal with
2: it. Well, do me a favor, Matt. Please don't pull up my numbers, cause I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm I'm not that kind of. A I just got into DFS not this year, and um and uh, well, if we want to get, you know, th- here's one question I I really had after seeing all this this uh, drama. Let's just say on on social media, and you're hearing all you, you know. Uh, the FBI investigating certain sites, and and how would you um, convince or quell a concern of a new player onto D- onto the DFS uh, you know scene? Like, how would you? What would you say to me to to make me feel okay about investing my money in a DFS site? Like sure, on the that's, play,
1: that's that's really fair, and, and, and this would be a statement for the industry, really, not not on the play, and, you know, these investigations are not to outlaw the game, but to figure out how to regulate the game, mm-hmm. and if it needs regulation. So that's an entirely different conversation than really I had in poker, which was something that was, it's either going to be allowed or not, and we're going to seize all the money, and that's what happened. Um, you know, this is a much different conversation, which is, um, you know, there's a lot of people making a lot of money here, uh we think that there's a variety of uh, different standards across the space. Uh, we don't know, and when I'm saying we, I'm saying regulators, uh, don't necessarily know what the best standard should be. Um, so we're kind of on a fact-finding mission. Um, so that, that's how I, I read it. That's how I see it. Um, I think what we, what we will see, and this is speculation on my part, but uh, I believe some informed speculation, is that um, Nevada will not be the last state to make the ruling that they've made um, before we see kind of whether it's a federal law or it's capitulation with casinos or a variety of other things that can happen. Um, the bottom line is the story is yet to be played out. But the fear that exists, which is, to at, least, at least to me, Frank, the fear of if I deposit money, is it going to be gone? Right. that's That's not a fear that should exist. It's it's really do I deposit money and then what's going to be the potential regulation in the future? Because the current regulation um, and there is current regulation. I, I want to make that clear. I I can't tell you the amount of money that I had to spend to uh, get credit cards to mm. uh, be allowed to process as well as the um, uh, location checks and age verification. And um, I know I'm missing something now, but but all of that had to happen before credit cards were allowed to be processed on my site. And I would assume that that's true, really, with all other DFS sites. So to think that there's no regulation is not true. Um, To think that there isn't uniform regulation, that's absolutely true. And I I would suspect that we're going to see more uniform regulation um, going on over the next year, month, um, however long that time takes to play out.
0: That's really interesting, um, and it, it's very good that people know that there is some sort of regulation. It's just not uniform across the industry. Uh, why do you think that? Why do you think that everything just kind of blew up now, or has this kind of been in the background for DFS uh, than, that a lot of people have not heard of until just recently?
1: Uh, probably both. I mean, yeah. I I am not. Uh, the guy who holds all the secrets. Sure. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm sitting in, in, in a lot of the same boat as you know the two of you and most of your audience, um, waiting for people with more money to make decisions for us to have this play out, uh, you know, in in front of our eyes. Um, I just think that it's a really important fact that at least as of now, it is a decision on whether or not how to regulate this space or if this space needs outside regulation, not a question of, is this legal, or is this not legal? Um, I think that, you know, I I will forever be shocked that poker was not considered a game of skill. I won 88% of the sessions I sat down, Hmm. and that's documented, so if I sat at my computer and got up, doesn't matter the duration of time, I won 88% of the time that that happened. I don't know how that isn't skillful. I can continue on that for hours and <laughs> hours uh, uh, to try to fight that, and, and I will continue to fight it. Um, but when it comes to daily fantasy, there is no way in the world that anyone should view this as not a game of skill. I feel like that truth will be one of the first things discovered, if not the first thing,
2: from any regulator, uh, no matter where they're from. You mean like Frank Pallone from New Jersey, right? He he was the first congressman that I mean this year that came out and is like, well, you know we gotta we gotta do something about this. There's a lot of money going on. I mean I read a I read something online. I think it was Tony Rom from Politico. He said that um he thinks actually this whole thing started crashing when he saw all the uh, these other sites advertising. I mean adver- sites spending forty four million dollars a week. On advertising. So, like, it just keeps getting thrown in people's faces, and like, I won this much, I won this much, I lost this much. And I I think when people see that, especially these, you know, stick in the mud people, they're like, wait a second, how is this not gambling? When they're not really informed that it it is a game of skill. I mean, it it has to be a game of skill.
1: You're right. And, you know, I read similar reports saying that, um, you know, that spend was the greatest advertising spend. In the United States for that time period, um, you know, I, I I laugh here in my office that uh, you know that's what we own the players competing against. Right. Um, right. So I mean that's that's a fact. Um, and you know, could that have been the reason that this happened? Maybe. I you know I don't know. Um, did it help you know get this um, you know in front of more faces? Yes. I mean that's what twenty forty million dollars.
0: Yeah. Was. I
1: mean. There was reports that they gained a million customers, um, you know, those sites in that time period. So, uh, you know, these are all just huge numbers that draw attention of everyone, you know, whether it's customers or regulators or senators or, you know, us. It it, it truly draws the attention of everyone.
0: It's very true. Now, one of the things that, you know, that came of all that was uh, people were Afraid that uh, the sites weren't really being transparent. And I know a lot of people never really considered that. You know, they, uh, you know I've talked to a few people that never even thought about a, you know, people who are behind the scenes at a site can actually see maybe a little bit more information, such as ownership you know, ownership right. percentages before the games lock. And I know that, uh, own the play was out in front of that. And, uh, as soon as all this stuff started happening, I, I noticed that you guys had a uh, ownership percentage pop up, which is really neat. I don't know if any, you know, if anybody plays on there now, they know exactly what I'm talking about, but yep. you know, it, it shows you all the information that you would need to know that somebody else behind the scenes might be able to see. Um, with that said, uh, do your employees, of Own the Play, or yourself, do you guys play on Own the Play?
1: No. (laughs) Okay, all right. right. Never. Uh, You know, I miss playing fantasy. You know, I miss playing poker. I can't can't say that that's not true. Um, None of my family members currently play. I don't think that's right, but it's the policy that we currently have. Um, You know, it's it's kind of the environment that, that we're in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, And, and I want to talk about that uh, a, a little bit when you're talking about sharing ownership rates. Uh, so in a little ad for us, we are the only company in Daily Fantasy that is publishing live ownership rates. So if you were to enter any of our contests for this coming Sunday, you would see the percent of ownership for any player that's in the player pool now up until when that uh, goes live. Um, so I think that that's great for so many reasons. Uh, I do believe other companies should adopt this stance. Uh, for more than just transparency, I think it adds more fun and adds more competition. Um, a principle that I will share that I think is kind of amusing that one of my um, investors shared with me about policy is, um, he said, Matt, policy helps uh, reaffirm that honest people are honest. If you're honest, you don't need policy to confirm that. It takes people that are on the fence and prevents them um, from doing something dishonest. But if you're going to be dishonest, what is policy going to do to stop <laughs> that? You know, jails were built on people going against policy and doing dishonest things. So, um, you know, it's just it's a funny thing I laugh about, but uh, it's true. And some of the, the reasons that we decided to um, push this decision. Uh, so I, I think. Again, it's, it's something that is so much more fun. If you want me to talk into or about some of the strategies, gladly will share some of them with you. I think that the strategies people have for public ownership rates are going to be more and more as uh, time goes by. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, if there's a couple that you want me to share, please ask away.
2: Yes, please share some strategy, but wait till I get a pen and paper because I need all the help I can get.
0: <laughs> well, we are oh. recording this, Frank. So. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. So um, sure, but-
1: sure. I, I, I would say uh, just a couple some things that great players and 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 I think a, a mistruth that I that I hear a lot is great players do go with the public sometimes. They just do so in instances when they're right. They also go against the public in instances that they are right. So <laughs> it, 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 it's understanding the fact that if someone is widely owned, you are making a decision to go with him or go against him, whether you know it or not. And that is something that you absolutely have to be aware of. Because it, it, if the public is scoring points or not scoring points, you've got to be on the right side of that trade. Um, I would also say that, you know, my favorite example that's been going on recently is Devontae Freeman. He's such a great example of how um, the public is so wrong and the experts are so right. So (laughs) if, if you look at his ownership rate as of three weeks ago and two weeks ago, he was really not owned across the industry at all. But if you were asking experts how well he was owned, it was well over 50%. So um, some of the goals of this is to get the exposure of potential diamonds in the rough to not be 2% owned and not be 3% owned and not be 50% owned by experts in the space. This is definitely a taxing of the rich at some level uh, by releasing these ownership rates. While at the same time... The rich aren't going to be poor, so you guys will still have (laughs) such an advantage over everyone else by knowing what to do in a fully disclosed environment, which public ownership rates are.
2: Let me just tell you, the first time I saw the public ownership rates, I went to go submit a lineup, and I was like, wait a second, what is this? And I'm like, whoa, this is fantastic. (laughs) I couldn't. I I remember voxing with Ty. I was like, "Yo, Ty, did you see this? Did you see this? This is great. Uh, It just it help. It adds a lot more to submitting your lineup, and it kind of either validates an opinion you had on a player, or you, or sometimes it's like, whoa, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was I'm too high on this player, or maybe I'm not. Like, what's the the crowd mentality? And it's good to know what, what you know how the trend is going, and. So I just, again, I don't know how many times I could commend you on that ownership rates, but it's fantastic. It helps a lot, for this newbie at least.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of strategy, Matthew, um, we'll hear a lot. People suggest players as GPP plays. Uh, uh-huh. Hear other people as cash game plays. I'm, I'm curious, you know, how do you stand on when you build your lineup or if, you know, when you used to build your lineups, let's say that, Um <laughs> Did you prefer to uh, have a few lineups, or did you uh, kind of shotgun affect it, just a, a bunch of different lineups?
1: So um, I, I would definitely do it based on truly how I felt that day. Uh, more often than not, though, um, unless I was entering large scale tournaments, one lineup. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that's the right strategy uh, for everyone. Um, what Ty and Frank and I were were talking about just before we started this was. I I really think telling people to create a GPP play and to create a cash game play is doing the masses a big disservice. Um, I think that there, there's a great strategy around creating a couple different lineups, which I think makes sense. And, and let me relate it first. Let me back up a little bit. Let me relate it first to two things I would always tell people when uh, I was teaching them to play poker. So two things I would always tell people is know the value of your hand. So in a a relative sense, that could be like, uh, is Westbrook better against a box defense? Is Westbrook better against teams that guard the pick and roll well? Is Westbrook better? So there's a a variety of instances, just like in poker. Is Ace-King better in mid-position after being 3-bet? There's so many different scenarios where the best player, one of the best hands, changes. So that's kind of what I'm looking at here. And the second, one of my other favorite things is... Trust your instincts. So what I mean by that is we should never be saying to ourselves, oh, you know, I consider this a good play, but I don't know if it's good for GPPs, or I don't know if it's good <laughs> for cash. Variety, variety. That, that is not the way that we build winning lineups, or I would recommend building win, winning lineups. I say give me the best three, four, two, however many ideas you want to come up with. Maybe it's 20, but give me the best you got. And then allocate your money evenly across all of those, and see how you do over time. I'm willing to bet you do far better than telling me which game you think is, or which team, I should say, you think is better for cash or better for tournaments. Um, so that's the strategy when I talk to people that um, I recommend. Um, I, I I know that you're going to talk to other experts that have other strategies, and maybe I'm not. Um, You know, maybe this isn't the best solution for everyone, but it it is the solution that I recommend, and I think I've seen uh, the most success from people when I recommend that strategy.
0: Yeah, it seems that whenever people kind of go out of their way to make several, you know, more than 10 lineups, it almost seems like they're just trying to hedge their bet, really, instead of feeling really confident in a play. Uh, I find that, like, on Own the Play this this past week, and what I did was I made two lineups. Uh, I, I started with four and kind of just... Whittled that down to my best feel on the players, and then uh, I had I actually entered in both of those lineups into cash and into a couple tournaments, and uh, my cash my cash lineup ended up doing better than my you know so called GPP tournament uh, or uh, GPP lineup, and um, I, I think that's that's really something like you said uh, bet equally across across your different rosters, and and you probably will be more profitable that way. I definitely think so. I mean, I think
1: the idea. So, so we're calling we're calling a lot of people novices or whatever, whatever the case is. By claiming that you know the answer to what the best lineup is with a GPP or cash game, you're actually claiming that you know the end result. Um, so, I think that that's a huge challenge for um, like let's say the non highest level. Um, what I said to to Ty and Frank uh, before we got on, which is. Uh, relating it again to poker, the most um, really skilled or highest played move in poker is actually calling. You you will lose more money as a novice calling than you will in any other scenario. I would actually think that you will lose more money telling me that one play is a better GPP play or one, money, one play is a better cash game play than doing just straight across the board for however many you have, so um I think way too advanced for people that aren't already a part of that one percent
2: yeah i'm I'm that novice in the crowd, and I never got that g p p cash. I'm like, why don't I just play the the best guys that I think are gonna score the most <laughs> why, like why what's the difference here like right. i i never I still don't understand it, so I would make maybe one or two lineups and put them in as many. You know, however, uh, um, however much money I'm willing to spend that day, because <laughs> I'm not having much luck. <laughs> but let me, let me acknowledge the the thought process behind it. I mean, the thought
1: process behind it is you're only playing one person. So with that being true, you just need a higher floor and not necessarily a higher ceiling. Right. In big tournaments, you know, you need to hit the highest points possible. And who cares if you bomb out? Um, that's true. But so what? I, I, don't, I don't know how that is the end-all, be-all explanation for why that's the better way of doing things. I think, as as you said, rightfully so, Frank, it's just truly going to cause you to second-guess and make really poor decisions. Um. So, so that's why I, I really stick to the strategy that I, I always recommend.
0: Is there anything on the horizon for OTP that uh, we... You know, maybe you can leak to us. Uh, maybe let us know. <laughs> uh, you know, we had the ownership percentage pop up. Is there anything else you guys are working on? I saw the NBA tab is up there now. Uh yeah, is and, that live? And I no.
1: would say and I in no way wanted to be my dev team's effort, but adding new sports isn't an accomplishment in the sense that I feel that should be an expectation of everyone in DFS. So um, yes, there's definitely new sports, and we will see a lot of a lot new a lot more new sports. Um, Actually, with uh, basketball season kicking off, um, we are now the only site in Daily Fantasy that is offering an enter-all feature, as well as a variety of mass-entry features. Um, So pretty much, this is me saying, I think scripts are terrible for this industry, and this is the way that we attack it here at Own the Play. Um, So no matter how many uh, games you want to get into, no matter what the device is, um, you can enter games now at all the play with three or four clicks. Um, so that's the same amount, uh, really, of this kind of 1% that was using scripts to mass enter games. Um, that's now pointless, I believe. Uh, I believe we've come up with a lot of tools that make that, as I said, uh, really valueless in the space. Uh, so I, I, do, um, I do expect a lot more from us along these lines which is, you know, whether it's ownership rates or um, this kind of new mass entry or enter all tools, um, they're all to kind of level the playing field, make it faster, make it more fun. Um, that's really the a lot of the thesis of what On the Play stands for. So, um, yes, you will see more of that in 30 days or within 30 days. Uh, if we are not coming out with new things, I will be out of a job. <laughs> so uh, uh, I think that's the reason why investors like investing it in on the play. I think that's the reason why people like playing it on the play. Um, it's the reason why my coworkers like being here. So um, that's really everything we stand for, and it's an ex- I hope it's an expectation of anyone that uses the site is that they better be coming up with something
2: new, or um, you know, we could go somewhere else. Right, scared money doesn't make money, right?
0: <laughs> right right right. Yeah, you guys definitely seem to be on the proactive end of everything. Uh, you know, the the transparency, I mean, that that popped up immediately. The owner per, ownership percentage uh I mean, that was within a couple of days. <laughs> and it uh and it, you know, it's it's nice to hear that you're not just kind of sitting back letting people come to you. You're you're really making a a push to draw people in and uh, I, I really do recommend that people check out owntheplay.com. Like I said, I've been playing there for a little bit less than a month, and uh, I really enjoy it. You know, slowly seeing the, the contest fill, which, you know, that saddens me a right. little bit, you know. <laughs> but I'm glad for you, Matthew. I mean, it means your, your company's uh, excelling and, uh, and getting a little, you know, more progression to it. So, Can I, uh, Let
1: me touch on overlays for a bit, Sure, too. Sure, go ahead. While well, well, you guys are both giving me the time, because, um, you know, I was going to come out with an article about it, but it's so much easier to just talk about it. So, um, you know, I, I, and my company is, is guilty of this at some level as well. Um, overlays are not a universal concept. So, so what I mean by that is all overlays are not treated equal. Um, so let me give you an example of, um, if I'm in a tournament of a hundred thousand or 10,000 people, let's say 50,000 people show up for a hundred thousand man event, um, that's a big overlay, right? Uh, yep. As a website, the website's got to put up a lot more money than they like. Um, as a user, you now have what some people are considering free money. Well, at the same time, you got to beat 50,000 other people. Right. That fact does <laughs> not change. So I think it's such a, uh, I don't want to say lie, but let's just call it an untruth to, to just say that, um, you, you know, we have this huge overlay when you got to beat 50,000 people. I guess in some way it still is. It's just very much like the drip in uh, depositing. It really just doesn't tell the whole story. And the whole story really is you still got to beat all these people. I mean, in an overlay uh, situation where there's 10,000 uh, potential people, let's say 7,000 people enter, um, your odds didn't improve that much. Uh, You know, 3,000 less people, instead of fading 9,999 other entries, you're now having to fade (laughs) 6,999 other entries. So your odds of winning haven't really changed. Um, So your overlay is not, you know, there's an overlay to the entire game, but your actual personal success rate hasn't changed a lot. So um, I think that the idea of overlays is really uh is really promoted across the space due to uh the success of uh, one company um you know from twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen that really helped build them to, to who they are today. But um value in overlays is found on the smaller sites or is found in situations where there's ten people in the tourney, twenty people in the tourney, and sixteen people enter or ten or twelve. And your odds actually change in winning um, rather than seeing, sure, there's a thousand people that are less in it, or even 50,000 people in the first example, but uh, you're still having to beat a field of 50,000 people to, to really see that value. So, I just, I, I overlays as a concept, I, I really would love your entire audience to look at it that way because yeah. it's so much more reality than, than, than kind of tweets I see in the space or. or you know, Facebook posts or
0: anything else. Yeah, that's. I mean, it all comes down to you. Still have to have a good team. <laughs> you have to. Have, right. You still have to build a good roster. <laughs> you know, if you have a good roster, you can. It doesn't matter how many people are in it. You will rise to the top. <laughs> uh, overlay is really attractive to me uh, on in cash games uh, more so. You know, the fifty-fifties. That's that's where you know it really is is nice. You know, the tournaments like you're talking about. It, it there's. Large quantities of people, and you still have to beat a lot of them. But you get get into a a decently overlaid 50-50 that, you know, say out of 100 people, only 80 people showed up. You know, you still... It's, it's, it does definitely help your, your odds a little bit, but uh, certainly what you're talking about with the bigger tournaments, uh, it, it is kind of, uh, it makes your eyes bulge a little bit like, oh man, this thing's only half filled, but it's still, you know, whatever, several thousand people. <laughs> you know?
1: Right, right. I mean, Ty, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. Like, if you're in a, a cash game or even a tournament, let's say it's a tournament and it's 80 out of 100 filled, um, that is so much more significant. Than the other examples we were giving, um, no matter how much free money is being claimed that's out there, uh, you still have a one in 50,000 chance of actually winning it. So right. um, I, I yeah. think that that's really an, an important focus um, just because that's true. So yeah, um, yeah, that's really enough for that.
2: Actually, I, I think I read something or somebody tweeted out that another site like actually either pulled out of a lot of states today uh, or yesterday. Yeah. What was that? Uh, it was another site. Another so I, site. I was just wondering with, with OTP, if, you know, God forbid, it, it, it never happens, but it, what if the government just does shut down like the poker, like it did with the poker sites? If, if, if a customer had, had money in the site, what would happen to that?
1: Sure. And I'll, let's use the example of Nevada because that just happened. I mm-hmm. mean, right. none, of us, none of us really had any warning to that happening. Um, so, a little insight to what happened here is uh, Mark Herberholz, who I was saying was number one Magic the Gathering card player, um, head of operations here at On the Play, calls me up and I'm like, holy shit, you know, like, <laughs> how, how is that happening? Um, so, we had to freeze everyone's accounts that was in Nevada. We couldn't let them enter any more tournaments. And um, the money's there to be uh, uh, withdrawn. So, if, if that happens in another state, um, which, as I said earlier in the show, I think we would all be a little naive to think that if the gambling capital of the world is making this decision, <laughs> right. that there won't be one other state that right. also makes this decision. Um, if you've got your money at on the play, if there is any other state in the union, that is what we will do, and that is how we will handle it, hopefully without the oh shit, Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, the other, the other but, site that Frank was talking about with that uh, is now only allowed in four states as of today, which is uh, Monday, October nineteenth. You know, it kind of took people by surprise, and you know, you saw it on Twitter. People were just kind of maybe talking amongst themselves that maybe this is going to kind of set something, uh, some sort of a trend. Uh, do you, does OTP have any, any plans on anything of this sort of like pulling back, uh, like a preventative, basically preventative move?
1: Well, I, I, I will tell you, I will never do anything that defies the U S government. Um, so <laughs> that, that, that is, uh, forever the boss. Um, well, at the same time right now, the answer is no. I mean, there, there's been nothing, um, you know, for, for any reason to do that. Uh, The property that you're talking about without knowing any of the, um, you know, what's going on behind the scenes there. We do know what's going on publicly, and they're applying for poker licenses um, anywhere that they can get them. So uh, that is an entirely different entity that um, is protecting a uh, a regulated gaming property that uh, is doing billions in revenue all over the globe. Um, So that is a much different situation than um, whether it's on the Play or any other company in this space, because to my knowledge, there isn't a single other company in this space that has a poker product. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: right, yeah. Right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I really appreciate you coming on tonight, Matthew. Uh, it, was, it was great actually kind of getting a little bit of clarification by someone in the business. You right. Know, Absolutely, this is Matthew. This is your livelihood, and we know uh, <laughs> we knew you'd be on it.
1: Thanks so much, guys, and uh, this was a lot of fun for me, so, you know, I'm if you guys will have me, uh, me or someone else, more, you know, come on any time. Absolutely.
2: Oh, absolutely. Definitely, yeah. Matthew. Yeah, I want to express my uh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I also Granted want to you. say that, yes, my gratitude, sorry. I'm on pain meds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my back, I threw out my back. Oh, no, but it, seriously, thank you very much. Uh, I We had some concerns, some questions. Not, I had... A little concerned, but you totally, you know, put me at ease. So uh, thanks.
0: Y'all can follow Matthew at Matthew Chatlin on Twitter. That's C-H-A-T-L-I-N.
1: Yeah, let me let me close out with a promo, as everyone should. Sure. Um, Deposit a dollar currently On The plate, You get $25 instantly. So if you don't like what we're doing and you win, you can leave and cash out immediately. Um, We have games in the lobby right now that range from a penny to um, whatever your heart's desire. Thanks,
0: guys. Thanks again for coming on, Matt. Bye.